Welcome once again to the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. I'm your host, Terrence M. Stanton, and today is Tuesday, October 5th, 2021. I would like to begin with a novena to Our Lady of Fatima. Thanks once again to my brother-in-law to bring for bringing this to our attention. Let's begin. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Most Holy Virgin Mary, you came to Fatima to reveal the graces that come from praying the Holy Rosary to three little shepherd children. Inspire us with a sincere love of this devotion so that, like the shepherd children, it is not a burdensome task, but a life-giving prayer. May our prayers and meditations on the mysteries of our redemption bring us closer to your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Like the children of Fatima, We want to bring God's word to others. Give us the strength, O Lord, to overcome our doubts so that we may be messengers of the gospel. We know that Jesus lives in our hearts and we receive him in the Eucharist. Lord Jesus, the miracles, prophecies, and prayers that your mother brought to us at Fatima amazed the whole world. We are certain of her closeness to you. We ask through the intercession of Our Lady of Fatima that you graciously hear and answer our prayers, especially, and Our Lady of Fatima, I would like to specifically pray for Pope Francis's spiritual and temporal welfare, that he will gain eternal salvation through the graces poured out through your intercession by Almighty God. Our Lady of Fatima, pray for us. Our Lady of the Rosary, pray for us. Immaculate Heart of Mary, pray for us. From famine and war, deliver us. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So that's day one of Our Lady of Fatima's Novena. And thank you to Jim for bringing that to my attention. Leads us nicely into what I'd like to begin talking about today the events that took place on May 13th, 1917. I'm going to be reading a bit from a book called Our Lady of Fatima, which was written by the late Professor William Thomas Walsh. May he rest in peace. This book came out in 1947. He was able to conduct extensive interviews with not only Sister Lucy, but her family members as well. And there will be... um, a reference or two, I think, in what I'm about to read from his book uh, about various family members and and her cousins as well. This is on page 49 of Our Lady of Fatima, which uh, the Catholic Messenger called Beyond Doubt the finest book on Our Lady of Fatima. And it begins uh, talking about the events of May 5th and um, Pope Benedict the 15th, and it continues from there into the Blessed Mother's appearance on May 13th. It says, Even May, the month of Mary, the month of new life and joy, weighed heavily on the world that year. On May 5th, as if to voice the universal sadness and to point out the only source of hope, Pope Benedict the 15th lamented in a memorable letter, The cruel war, the suicide of Europe, After begging God to turn the hearts of rulers toward peace and urging all to purge themselves of sin and pray for peace, 
he especially asked that since all graces were dispensed, quote, by the hands of the Most Holy Virgin, we wish the petitions of her most afflicted children to be directed with lively confidence, more than ever in this awful hour, to the great Mother of God. He directed that the invocation, Queen of Peace, pray for us, be added to the litany of Loretto and continued, to Mary then, who is the Mother of Mercy and omnipotent by grace, let loving and devout appeal go up from every corner of the earth, from noble temples and tiniest chapels, from royal palaces and mansions of the rich, as from the poorest hut, from every place wherein a faithful soul finds shelter, from blood-drenched plains and seas, let it bear to her the anguished cry of mothers and wives, the wailing of innocent little ones, the sighs of every generous heart, that her most tender and benign solicitude may be moved and the peace we ask for be obtained for our agitated world. It is quite improbable that Lucia and her cousins had ever heard of the Pope's letter, for it was still unpublished, when they went out to the Sarah five days later, the 13th of May, 1917. It was an uncommonly fine Sunday, and T. Marto had hitched up his cart early in the morning to drive his wife Olympia to Batala, where they could hear Mass at the exquisite cathedral, and afterwards do some shopping in the nearby Sunday markets. What they wanted in particular was a young pig to raise for slaughter in the fall. So off they went, cheerily enough, leaving the children to attend Mass at Fatima. It was drawing toward noon when Jacinta and Francisco got their sheep out of the patio and on the road to Lagoa, where, as usual, they met Lucia with her flock. They all proceeded across the fields to the meadows that Antonio Ababora owed at Covadieria, Never was the immense sky more blue, the land more dappled with pastel colors. Soon after they arrived at the hill, north of the depression called the Cova, and had got the sheep contentedly cropping the firs, they decided to make a little thicket into a house by closing up the opening to it with a wall, and then began to lug some of the stones that were lying all about, and to set them one upon another. While absorbed in this labor, they were startled by a flash so brilliant that they took it to be lightning. Without stopping to ask how it could have come from that cloudless sky, they all dropped their stones and ran, helter-skelter, down the slope toward a certain home oak, about a hundred yards or more southwest of where they had been playing. They had just found shelter under its thick, wide-spreading foliage when there was a second flash of light. Again frightened, the children left the tree and darted toward the east, a, distant, a distance of perhaps another hundred yards. Then they stopped in amazement, for just before them, on top of a small evergreen called the Azenjera, it was about three feet high, and its glossy leaves had prickles on them like cactus, they saw a ball of light, and in the center of it stood a lady. As Lucia describes her, she was a lady all of white, more brilliant than the sun dispensing light, clearer and more intense than a crystal cup full of crystalline water penetrated by the rays of the most glaring sun. Her face was indescribably beautiful. Not sad, not happy, but serious. Perhaps somewhat reproachful, though benign, her hands together as in prayer at her breast, pointing up, with rosary beads hanging down between the fingers of the right hand. Even her garments seemed made solely of the same white light, a simple tunic falling to her feet and over it a mantle from her head to the same length, its edge made of a fiercer light that seemed to glitter like gold. Neither the hair nor the ears could be seen. The features? 
It was almost impossible to look steadily at the face. It dazzled and hurt the eyes and made one blink or look away. The children stood, fascinated, within the radiance that surrounded her for a distance of perhaps a meter and a half. Don't be afraid, she said in a low musical voice, never to be forgotten. I won't hurt you. They felt no fear now, in fact, but only a great joy and peace. It was the lightning, really, that had frightened them before. Lucia was self-possessed enough to ask a question. Where does your excellency come from? I am from heaven. And what is it you want of me? I come to ask you to come here for six months in succession, on the thirteenth day at this same hour. Then I will tell you who I am and what I want. And afterwards I will return here a seventh time. And shall I go to heaven too? Yes, you will. And Jacinta? Also. And Francisco? Also. But he will have to say many rosaries. Heaven. Lucia suddenly remembered two girls who had died recently. They were friends of her family and used to go to her house to learn weaving from her sister Maria. Is Maria de Neves now in heaven, she asked. Yes, she is. And Amelia? She will be in purgatory until the end of the world. Purgatory? The end of the world? The lady was speaking again. Do you wish to offer yourselves to God to endure all the suffering that he may please to send you as an act of reparation for the sins by which he is offended and to ask for the conversion of sinners? Yes, we do. Then you will have much to suffer, but the grace of God will be your comfort. As she spoke the words, the lady opened her lovely hands and from the palms came two streams of light so intense that it not only enveloped the children with its radiance, but seemed to penetrate their breasts and to reach the most intimate parts of their hearts and souls, making us see ourselves in God. These are Lucia's words, more clearly in that light than in the best of mirrors, an irresistible impulse forced them to their knees and made them say fervently, O most holy trinity, I adore you. My God, my God, I love you in the most blessed sacrament. The lady waited for them to finish this. Then she said, Say the rosary every day to obtain peace for the world and the end of the war. Immediately after this, she began to rise serenely from the Azanjera and to glide away toward the east until she disappeared in the immensity of the distance. The children remained staring at the eastern sky for a long time. Even after they began to recover from the state of ecstasy which had come over them, they remained silent and pensive for a good part of the afternoon. But they were not heavy and tired as they had been after seeing the angel of peace. The sight of the lady, on the contrary, had given them a delightful sense of peace and expansive joy, of lightness and of freedom. They felt almost as if they could fly like birds. Jacinta would say from time to time, Oh, such a pretty lady. After a while, they began to talk so freely that Lucia felt it necessary to caution them not to tell anybody, even their mother, what they had seen and heard. Francisco, as a matter of fact, had seen the lady, but had not heard what she had said, as when he saw the angel. When they told him all her words, he was intensely happy, especially over the promise that he was going to heaven. Folding his hands over his head, he cried, Oh, my, our lady, I will say all the rosaries you want. Oh, such a pretty lady, said Jacinta again. Well, I'm going to see if you tell anybody this time, remarked Lucia skeptically. 
I won't tell. No, don't worry, answered the little girl. And Francisco also promised not to tell a soul. Lucia still had her doubts about Jacinta. The child's face was shining with joy. She was almost bursting with it. So ends the beautiful and wonderful story of May 13th, 1917, at least for that day. But it would be retold again and again and again. And skeptics might wonder, well, might have had significance for those children at the time and maybe it made a difference in their lives, a, a personal call to holiness and to pray the rosary. But we get into further statements by Lucy, Lucia, when she's now grown up and she's sister Lucy. And we talk about what great significance this has for the world now in the year 2021. This is also uh, from the book Our Lady of Fatima, Sister Lucy's statement to Professor Walsh. On July 15, 1946, Catholic historian William Thomas Walsh interviewed Sister Lucy at her convent of the Dorothean Sisters at Villar, Portugal. He recorded the incident in his popular book, Our Lady of Fatima. This interview clearly demonstrates that Our Lady's request for the consecration of Russia will only be fulfilled when, together, the Pope and the world's Catholic bishops consecrate specifically Russia. Finally, we came to the important subject of the Second July Secret, of which so many different and conflicting versions have been published. And we'll talk more about the events of July as we progress on the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. Lucia made it plain that Our Lady did not ask for the consecration of the world to her Immaculate Heart. What she demanded specifically was the consecration of Russia. She did not comment, of course, on the fact that Pope Pius XII had consecrated the world not Russia, to the Immaculate Heart in 1942. But she said more than once and with deliberate emphasis, quote, what Our Lady wants is that the Pope and all the bishops in the world shall consecrate Russia to her Immaculate Heart on one special day. If this is done, she will convert Russia and there will be peace. If it is not done, the errors of Russia will spread through every country in the world. And then hold on to your seats for the next part. Does this mean, in your opinion, that every country, without exception, will be overcome by communism? Yes, was her reply. Professor Walsh continued, It was plain that she felt that Our Lady's wishes had not yet been carried out. People must say the rosary, perform sacrifices, make the five First Saturday communions, pray for the Holy Father. In this interview with Professor Walsh, Sister Lucy again set forth the precise requirements for the consecration of Russia performed in accordance with Our Lady's request. The Pope, together with all the world's bishops, must publicly and solemnly consecrate Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Also, it is telling that Sister Lucy did not comment on Pope Pius XII's 1942 consecration of the world by her silence on the subject and by once again repeating the specific requirements for the consecration she affirmed that a consecration of the world would not suffice to fulfill Our Lady's request. And again, that's uh, from the Fatima Center and quoting 
the late Professor Walsh from his book, Our Lady of Fatima, uh, which was printed in 1947. That was page 226, the conversation between the professor and Sister Lucy. So it starts off as this beautiful, amazing story, a very touching story, beautifully written by Professor Walsh um, about Our Lady of Fatima and Francisco and Jacinta and Lucia encountering the Mother of God in the most serene, wonderful circumstances imaginable. She is, it's like looking at pure light. They can't even look at her face um, directly. It's so uh, beautiful and so bright and so radiant. They have to look away. She's, well, she's perfect. You know, she's glorious and she's the most beautiful woman they've ever seen. And of course, she emphasizes the importance of praying the rosary and that she's going to return for several months. And as we will see as the story unfolds, that she's going to ask specifically for the consecration of Russia for the, by the Pope and all the bishops of the world in union with him, which leads us to today. It still has not happened, and it could be a, a bit frightful to read those words, can it? Does this mean, in your opinion, that every country without exception will be overcome by communism? And she says, yes. Well, I don't know what you'd call what's going on in the world right now, if not that. Communism fascism, corporatism. Uh, G.K. Chesterton referred to big government and big business colluding to conspire against the average ordinary man as hudge and gudge, big government and big business. Well, there is a whole lot of corruption going on in the world, a whole lot of collusion between the various governments and corporations of the world. You look at what's happened over the last year and a half, the middle class on the planet has basically been looted. Small businesses shut down, churches shut down, the big box stores, the large corporations, they're thriving, billionaires making even more money and amassing more power for themselves, governors, and mayors and presidents and prime ministers and all the whole gamut of politicians behaving like tyrants, not behaving like elected officials. So yeah, the errors of Russia have indeed spread all over the world. Have you checked out what's happening in New Zealand lately, or Australia, or France, or England, or Greece? The corporate press tries to suppress information about all these protests that are happening, but they're happening on a daily basis all over the world. And for those of you who are listening in the United States of America, I'm sure these draconian lockdowns that they're imposing on Australia and not even letting people leave their houses sometimes... That's what they're going to try to bring to America, too.
I mean, we already had a taste of it during the initial wave of the uh, lockdowns in, in March of 2020. I'm sure that they will attempt to bring that back and maybe even do worse. That's why people are fleeing places like California and Illinois and New York to try to get some semblance of normalcy back for themselves, for their kids, for their grand grandkids. Texas is filling up. Florida is filling up. People are looking for freedom. And they're running out of places to find it, quite frankly. That's why this consecration needs to happen. So we will continue to pray. And if it's not this Pope, we will pray that it's the next Pope. But we can do our part. We can keep praying that rosary every single day. We can do the first uh, five Saturdays devotion. We can preach the good news of how much we love Jesus and he loves us and what he's done in our lives and all the blessings that the world has received from Our Lady of Fatima and will continue to receive and will receive in greater abundance the tidal wave of grace that we talk about, which will be unleashed when the consecration of Russia finally happens by the Pope and all the bishops of the world. So it's a beautiful message. It's a message of love. It's a message of peace, but also at the same time, it's a message of penance uh, from Our Lady of Fatima, uh, a, a loving warning, if you will. Blessed Mother does everything very lovingly, but as it's said in Professor Walsh's book, she's also very serious. You know, She didn't seem like she was sad or happy, but she was serious. She's a loving mother looking after her children, and she wants what's best for her children. What's best for her children? Jesus. She's always bringing Jesus to us. Always. Remember our Lord's first public miracle, the wedding feast at Cana, changing water into wine. She's instrumental in that. Our Lady says, do whatever he tells you. At the wedding feast at Cana, and now, some 2,000 years later, she's still saying the same thing. Do whatever he tells you. The more we love the Blessed Virgin Mary, the more we're going to love our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you so much for listening to the Our Lady of Fatima podcast. Once again, I have been your host, Terrence M. Stanton, and it's a pleasure to be with you. Tomorrow we will talk about the 54-day Rosary Novena, which begins on October 7th, and we will continue with day two of the Our Lady of Fatima Novena. Let us honor the Mother of God, the most perfect and loving Mother imaginable, by closing in prayer. In nomine Patris et Fili et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Ave Maria, gratia plena, Dominus tecum, benedicta tu in mulieribus, et benedictus fructus ventris tui, Jesus. Sancta Maria Mater Dei, 
ora pro nobis peccatoribus, nunc et in ora mortis nostrae. Amen. Virgo potens, ora pro nobis. Sancti Iosef, terra daimonem, ora pro nobis. In nomine Patris, et Filii, et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Goodbye, and God love you.